This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of NRL Boom Rookies. Alongside me, as always, Mitch Doyle. Hello. Thank you, everybody. Fantastic. Uh, we're back. It's uh, time for a lot of people's favorite segment, question time. All questions today. So many questions. Never seen so many questions. So without further ado, let's get into the questions. Are you serious? <laughs> I'm going to have any questions. So before I read the first question, I'm going to shout out to our boy Ryan's Rovers, by the way, one more time. You know, people haven't listened for very long. All the way four years ago or so, five years ago or so, we used to eat chocolate at the start of our episode. It used to piss off half our fan base. We review the chocolate we ate. Eat it. I'd eat some on air. People hated it. And uh, from way back then, Ryan's Rovers on Twitter started sending us chocolate from New Zealand. And to this day, still sends us chocolate. We got some uh, LMP chocolate we've had before, jelly tip. Some hundreds of thousands cookie one and whatever we've got it sent over this time. So thanks again, mate, from all the way from New Zealand. I know how Heroic. much international postage costs. So, mate, he's really dipping in his pocket there for that, which is, you know, appreciate it. But, yeah, remembers all the way back to when we used to do chocolate reviews. What a time. Good. Simpler times, some would say. <laughs> That's it. So over on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash NRL Boom Rookies. First one from Frankie. So I'm sure this will be angry. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Here we go, yep. Over a year on Under the Dictatorship with PVL, what does NRL actually have to show for it? The Sharon Fish has got an Amazon Prime series about their season last year, and we got all, all got a bunch of shitty rule changes. How do they manage to get get that right, and we can't do anything basic? Oh, but he, but uh, the game would have gone broke without him, mate. All that frivolous spending that Green Turd was doing. Um, no, isn't, I don't know. Isn't it funny? There was a post put on a couple of articles yesterday when we made the year or similar, like celebrating him again coming back in saving the game from death it's like i would like to know maybe there is a sport out there but if anyone knows listening is there a sports league that died in the last year professional sports league that died uh the xfl i mean yeah like come on that's a professional sports league what are we doing here? <laughs> but like even the super league made it through it and the NRL would have as well people bought that bullshit and yeah he said that did that really good job like forcing the game back he got it back early set an early target hit it Rest of it's been utter garbage. Rest of the chat around that. Um, certainly, I mean, it's not money in my pocket, Frankie, but they're not financially better off than they were a year ago. It doesn't matter what they claim. Alex Sergicomi says, was Thursday night's para, sorry, was Thursday night para's best ever win under BA? The 58 nil was great, but in terms of looking like a team that belongs in premiership discussions, I'm not sure we've had a win that impressive. It's a tough one. It's definitely a statement win. Um, yeah, I mean, putting a score on the, hapless Broncos in the first week of finals is one thing. Um, it's right up there. It's right up there. Yeah. Um, I, I, probably for Brad Arthur, that tenure might be the best win in that period. Beating the storm always is a fantastic win, but it was a, it was how it was done. It wasn't a storm over the, the origin period win. And, and obviously they're missing some players, but it was an intense game and they came out on top of it. I'd be very impressed too. And the 58 nil, I mean, it was obviously great enjoyment, but, it's very hard to call those massive wins your best wins when they happen, when you smash a team. Once you hit like 30, it's like, what's the difference? Uh, next question. Pat Lawrence, what would an NRL Simpsons crossover look like? For example, Peter Valandis is Lyle Landley trying to make expansion teams in Brockway, Ogdenville, <laughs> and North Haverbrook. Who is the Homer Simpson of the NRL? It's a great question. Well, these, they've changed and ruined that character so much. It's hard to know. <laughs> Early on, we're we talking about actual, you know, n- idiot, but still decent father doing his best. Are we talking about the more they turn him into or whatever fatty? he is now? Fatty might be it. And uh, same thing when he was like still a successful broadcaster. <laughs> so is Cooper Cronk like Frank Grimes? Now, just, getting, that. Just, <laughs> just baffled by everyone around him. Literally was about to say Frank Grimes. Like... <laughs> being mad at fatty still being around somehow telling dick jokes and being on tv still yeah that's good who else have we got is russell crowe the um what's his name hank scorpio yeah yeah that's fair but that nick politis is mr burns then yes <laughs> i like it okay, who else we got um, you're gonna have more surely this is oh, your, yeah it's house. it's um yeah yeah um See Adam McDougal as groundskeeper Willie. That's an easy one. Um, 
who's Barney? The is fat Andrew, drunk. Is it Andrew Fafita? <laughs> oh, God, that's tough on Fafita. I always feel like... Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, who are Lenny and Carl? Best friends. Hmm. Who follow each oh, other is it, is it is it Leipana? Yeah, it could be Leipana. <laughs> Fortunate to anyway, we'll move on from that one. We'll continue for a while and go ah uh, and come up with them, but we won't. Uh Cam Beswick says uh, this one. He says, Who would win NRL trivia out of Mitch and Campo? Well, this is an easy answer, and it's not me. Uh yeah, but I I think Harry Ramage beats you both. I mean I, it's close. I have a lot of rugby league knowledge. But yeah, you know, hope I hear this. But anyway, I have a lot of rugby league knowledge. But it's not the same thing as being good at rugby. I'm decent rugby league trivia, but Campo has the weird trivia kind of stuff that Campo and Harry could talk about any random game from like the last 30 years, and they'd both be like, Oh yeah, that game when Lincoln Withers scored two tries. And then the other one would be like, Oh yeah, and uh Andrew Lomu scored in that game too. It's like, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Campo would beat Mitch, but uh, I think Harry V. Campo is the real Clash of the Titans. Yeah, that'd be an interesting one. Now we've said that on air, there might be a throwdown because Campo doesn't like that we've put someone up against him. Matty McP, he said, part of me feels that the Dragons-Cowboys game was a deep fake. How much of that performance can be attributed to A, the Dragons actually turning a page, B, the lack of Talmolo and the Cowboys' inability to capitalize on all the mistakes the Dragons made, or C, Andrew McCulloch giving Ben Hunt the, in quotes, kind of service he likes from dummy half. Um, I love that Dragons fans are so pessimistic that they can't just enjoy a win. Um, yeah. The, the Cowboys are really bad, but the Dragons played pretty well. They did. Um, that last one, I can't remember who said it. I, someone on TV, and he, Addy mentioned it to me, but that one's that's utterly ludicrous. Like, oh, yeah, ben, uh, McCulloch just gave Hunt the service he required just knows where he works to receive the balls. Like, it mate, couldn't be because got... their forward pack actually marched all over someone for the first yeah, time in Trevor. Exactly. And uh, yeah, also McCulloch had years of not doing that for Ben Hunt prior. Like that's why I never get about those weird correlation things people come up with. It's like, just because they, they played together for years doesn't mean all of a sudden he's like the Ben Hunt whisperer. McCulloch. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, mate. I don't, maybe it's a bit of column A and B. I don't think the Dragons have turned a page though. Maybe it's just, uh, they, they stomped all over. The, the Cowboys pack without Tamalo. Uh, Mark Hindle, when do you think PVL will double down on the six again rule by adding additional six tackles to the existing set rather than just going back to zero tackle? 12 tackles. 18 tackles, why not? 24. Who yeah, better than watching the Roosters working their way out of their own 20 with an 18 tackle set? Like, the Roosters would get down the field in like seven tackles. Can't that. wait till the number gets so big that they're just like, yep, that's uh, six to the power of 12 tackles. Great. <laughs> Actually, no, it wouldn't be six times 12. It would be six. It would be six. Yeah, it'd be six times 12, not six to the power of 12. But anyway, the point is, yeah, it wouldn't shock me. Nothing shocks me at this point. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. They're, they're still focused on trying to act like these current rule changes are great too. So I don't know what's coming next. I, can, I couldn't predict these ones in the first place. Uh, here we go. Adam Rosser, he says, second half comeback seems in short supply these days. In the past 100 games in NRL, the team leading at halftime has gone on to lose just 12% of the time. For the 2019 season, that figure was 21%, occurring nearly twice as often. Thoughts? Is this a product of the PBL ball and is it likely to change as players grow more accustomed to the changes? I think it's definitely lent itself that way. I mean, it's it's been no... Like, we've all noticed that there's been very little in the way... Like, most times, when it's, whoever scores first just wins. Um I think it has to at least be somewhat entirely down to the rule changes for sure. Um, yeah. I mean, a hundred percent. What else can be said? It's definitely been highlighted by the rule changes. The gap between the good and the bad has been enlarged and heightened by the changes. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's only going to keep getting worse. I mean, teams like the Bulldogs and that are going to play the Pen- Penriths of the world 20 times out of 20. They, they miss that. They, they lose all 20. So. Okay, here's one. This is, jeez, this one. This is. I don't know who told him to test my reading, but Jesus Christ, here we go. <laughs> the patrons pay for me to read their questions. I have to read whatever this out is. It's great. Okay, this is from the not so mature age student. He says, "I can't understand the complete lack of investment in game day experience." I work at the AIS. 
uh, the Australian Institute of Sport. And we have an arcade-style experience called Sport X. It's capital E-X. Where kids come and play arcade games which simulate sports. I really want to compete in, in a can you run faster than the Fox race where he's on screen next to me running 100 metres. And I really want the leaderboard to always have old mate from the pub who beat Turbo as number one. Harry Ramage, as we know. He wants to try and catch a cleary spiral bomb and see if I can whack a mole a bunch of eyes with a Joshua I think I did read that fine. Good. How can we make this happen? It would be great to have something like this at Magic Round, but instead we will keep changing rules to make the game more exciting as opposed to helping punters actually understand how amazing some players' athletic ability is. You could have a national challenge which tours each ground and the highest score for each game gets grand final tickets. Do you agree with my carnival-type game day experience? would be good. Do you agree? It'd be good. Again, he, uh, he wrote that question wrong. I didn't read that wrong. Don't, what else do you think could be done to make game day a much more appealing experience? Please do not shame the readers for their syntax. Um, well, they shame me for mine all the well, time. They're right to do it. Um, <laughs> look, it's true. He's absolutely right. I've, you've been to, you've been to sporting events in America. So have I like, there's just the stuff to do before games. You can, you can play cornhole or, or other, other, sort of party games there's always stuff to do with like throwing a pass through a through a, like a one of those holes or stuff like that um i i think the stuff of like this would be great particularly for kids but i mean i just i just can't see it happening just because it's just not ingrained in the culture of going to nrl games you just sort of rock up and then you leave and that's it i i do think as well that whilst these ideas are fantastic they're not fiscally viable for the nrl like if in, when you go to an American sporting event, I've been to many NBA games, NFL games, and all that kind of stuff, but that team is generally linked to that stadium and that team can put in, say it's an indoor stadium for basketball, they can put in that, uh, like the Kathy Freeman sprint thing. So can you run faster than the Fox Challenge? They can put, they permanently install that and leave it in the building. People can come use it every time they go to the game. That's an okay investment. NRL like paying for that at one game and getting it developed, getting it made, and whatever. I don't really think something like that's worth it, as cool as it sounds financially. But definitely the game day experience is lacking in, in rugby league. And we spend so much time, as he mentioned, trying to capture new fans with stupid rule changes that won't change anything and not enough time actually trying new things outside of the on field product. Like yeah. people will watch a lot of sports, like they, they'll start to like them. That's what happens. Like, I didn't just get into the NBA because like they had a three point line. <laughs> like it was the product around the NBA, how good the socials are, how, how you know, how good, how easy it is to get the stats online. Like good. The fantasy system is fun to bet on all these other things that come with it. You know, the NRL hasn't got enough of the peripheries. As you said, it's very much going to the game is pretty similar to watching at home. In many cases that you, st- you watch them kick off and leave when the game ends. Yep. I love the ideas though, by the way. Yeah. I mean, back. Magic Round is a good one, and it's obviously the pinnacle of game days in, in Australia now anyway, but they're because there's so, Suncorp's in such a spot that the pre-game and post-game entertainment is provided by the city where it sits, but we sit in such a cavern in ANZ. They try to put more stuff out at ANZ in Sydney, which, which they try to help with, but it doesn't really capture it. Like They put the food vendors outside that are okay-ish. There's a new bar outside that's okay-ish, but it doesn't really feel like a game day experience still. Remember when we tried to do tailgating here in Australia, mate, that they still charge people like 100 bucks a tailgate? Yeah, it was, it's shit house. Yeah. And, yeah, I don't know. It's even small things that do easy wins for game days, very rarely at games. Like, in America, again, the game day is only it's fun, but half the time, all it is at halftime or quarter time is some dumbass shoots from, from half court. We don't do it like those things seem to have been gone a lot from the footy now that we're at least okay. And then their pre and post isn't very good. No. Uh, Rowan Edwards says, who is the current best NRL player that you don't think will ever win a premiership? Uh, I got two. Mm. I'm say either Junior Paulo or Tom Tavoyevich. Tom Tavoyevich is a great one. Harvey G had the answer I thought you would give. Which Joshua is? Parley. Oh, I think Junior Paulo is better. <laughs> there we go. Okay, bang. Got him. Uh, I also was going to say two of us check, and I forgot he won one with the one, one, in twenty three. Yeah, so. That would have been a nice little cop out there. Uh, it's hard to rule out the the. the I'd like to say say a Kalen Ponga, but it's so many years ahead of him. It's hard to rule that one of those out, and the team is in a disaster. So, I do think that uh, Tom Tavoyevich shout is a fantastic one. Thank you. I'm envious of it. 
Mm. Uh, Sean Johnson's one. Unlucky, but he, yeah, he, he went with one. He was great for a long yeah, time. Yeah, but it's his best current NRL play. He's nowhere near yeah. as good as Tom Tulovich currently. Yeah, you're right. Best current NRL player. He, he's the best player of the last 15 years to not win one, I reckon. Who, Sean Johnson? Yeah, probably. But he's not currently better than, I think, any of those guys we've named. Yeah, uh, that's a fair call. Uh, next question, rough belly. Mm. Here we go. Following the Panthers' decision to reverse one of the better ideas from the Gould Griffin years, is selling the name rights to the stadium stupid, annoying, or just greedy? Is there anything more in the game that could have corporate sponsors slapped on it? Am I am I a fucking crank? <laughs> no, he's right. It, it's the you you watch other sports, right? And yes, EPL clubs have a jersey sponsor, maybe a sleeve sponsor as well. American sports don't have anything on them, pretty uh, much. Uh, yeah, um, NBA have the little NBA tiny has the one tiny now, little one. It. It's 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 it is a bit gross. Like we're we're watching basically thirty four sentient NASCAR cars out there every weekend running around. Such is the amount of sponsorship on them. But it, it's just best not to care. I mean, no one, no person, no person calls it Lotto Land, do they? Like everyone still just says, "Manly are playing at Brookvale this weekend." No one's going to call this. Blue Ball Stadium or whatever the fuck it's called. Everyone's just going to say Penrith. Like, no one's going to call it that. So, I guess take the money and just ignore it because apart from a few broadcasters calling it by its gambling sponsor stadium name, no one else will. No one says the Cowboys are playing at 1-300-Smile Stadium. They say they're playing in Townsville. That's not even what it's called anymore, is it? Not really the point. The point (laughs) is that it, it is shit and it's annoying and I hate how much sponsorship is ingrained into literally every single little corner of everything we do in terms of the product that the NRL has, but it is easy enough to just ignore it. Well, you say that about American sports, but Americans, NBA teams do have some of the worst stadium names in the world. Yes, that is true. And there's two, so there's two recent ones. So my Cleveland Cavaliers are now called Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. It's not bad. That's their arena. And I didn't know what a fieldhouse was. And I looked it up and there's also Banker's Life Fieldhouse, the Indiana Pacers have as well. And a field house is apparently an indoor sporting arena. Those are the sponsorship there they've got there, but there's other terrible ones too. There's obviously still some good ones at like Madison square garden, but Chesapeake energy arena arena, Fiserv forum the target center FedEx forum. Like there's some terrible names. Well, how about the two different NBA teams have American airlines as their stadium name? Yeah. And they were uh, both, they played the NBA finals against each other. It was really confusing when it was Dallas's and- American airlines center and Miami's American airlines arena. Yeah, and then there's a few that are okay names. Like when you when you grab like the United Center or the Barclays or uh, Center, yeah. like they're okay. Well, get away the with Raven them. Stadium's M and T Bank Stadium. Everyone just calls it the Bank, which I think is the pretty bank. cool. So, um, the Scotia Bank Arena. My favorite one is the KFC Yum Center, which is the Kentucky Wildcats basketball home stadium. The Yum Center, I like it. KFC Yum exclamation mark Center. And uh, I do think I know. Sorry, Louisville Cardinals, not Kentucky Wildcats. I apologize. Penrith's one of those clubs with that Leeds club is that decision. I again, as you said, one of the very good decisions they very good decisions they made in that era. That was a good decision because they can afford to not have that stadium sponsor. They really can afford not to have it. But uh, the terms of sponsorship on the jersey, go watch an English Super League game again and see where theirs are. They're just so bad that the the league doesn't have a front crest. The league has a sponsorship spot is where the league's logo should be. The league is on the sleeve. The league got shoved to the sleeve in the Super League. So they're everywhere. They're like, oh, there's like a few on the top, three on the back. They're bad. NRL ones are pretty embarrassing too. But I also find um, I've become so I was say, like numb to the jersey sponsorships. Unless except for the really bad ones in NRL, most of them are just pretty numb to these days, huh? Yeah. Um. I was laughing at this earlier that like, I mean, it, it, it is funny. Like a couple of them are funny. Like the Roosters having Steggles as their sponsor is always good for a laugh. But yeah, yeah overall, it's just it's just gross to me how much they are ingrained into every, like every time a player scores a try at a game. Like that, and for number three, sponsored by Bryden's Lawyers, Greg Inglis. It's like, fuck. Give so it so Bryden's Lawyers had scored the star, sorry, the Crown Casino try yep. of the 10th minute period because someone else sponsored the next 10 minutes yeah <laughs> yeah everything uh emmett sprouster <laughs> does he understand i i hope brian understands the joke that i just have this dumb joke that when people say like oh my dad or my brother or whatever i i just say a variant of their own name yeah. as that at that as that person's name like if you were like oh my sister i go oh, yes yeah, michelle doyle like just stupid shit like that yeah 
So yeah. when M Sprouster said, my dad wants to be in the Coltrane Cup, I said, ah, Emmett Sprouster, of course. But his name is actually Brian. <laughs> but it's a very good name, though, Emmett it Sprouster. Is. Maybe for a, a young child, Sprouster mm. in the family. Something to think about. And uh, anyway, Brian says, I'm getting frustrated with the forward passes, particularly at the play of the ball, advantage lines that are being let go by the referees. The excuse of the ball leaving the hands backwards, but it's caught in front of the passer. It was once called an accidental forward pass. The runner getting the ball is most of the time to blame, but the stupidity of the passer comes into question. Also, am I too picky about the advantage attacking team are getting, or is this another thing coached to players? Um, I think it's one of those things, mate, that if we started calling every forward pass, we'd all have the shits. I just don't give a fuck about them. Neither. I just don't care. Like it's they're not gaining an advantage. Like if it's blatant, yeah. And if, if it's like, you know, like the one Trell threw to, I think, AJ on the weekend, which would have resulted in a try, which he threw two meters forward. Yes, that's fine. Call those. But a, a, a one-out hit up to a prop, who gives a shit? I, yeah, don't, I, don't, care. Care. I don't care on some dummy half. And Brian, you're not alone in the anger about that. By the way, I've seen many people get angry at this, but I, with Bungard, I couldn't give a shit about dummy half passes being forward or not. They're not give, like, it's, it's like offside in soccer, right? When we're breaking it down to these like minuscule sort of lines where they get the ruler out and they're, they're looking at this guy's kneecaps behind this guy's foot, all that shit. It's like the offside rule was brought in to stop people from goal, goal hanging in front of the goalkeeper and getting cheap goals. Right. Yeah. And the forward pass rule was brought in to stop people from throwing the ball down the field to opponents. Yes. And so if you're not getting an advantage out of doing it, whatever. Exactly. I'm with you there. Uh, next one comes from Harvey G. Do the Broncos need to beat the Bulldogs this weekend and prove the evolution is having good effect or another brave loss be enough to signify things are on the up? You have to win this game. We do have to win this game because the run after this game is very tough. The run after this game. And I looked like I hate being one of those guys. I'll oh, look at the draw or, or draws fold or something. But that we have after this, we play the Storm at, at Amy Park, thankfully. <laughs> The Bunnies, the Eels, sorry, the Panthers, then the Eels again, and the Titans again. It's not great. No, it's not perfect. We need this win. Are, are we going to that ANZ game? It's a Thursday night. Should not be. working. We should Let's go. do it. Fantastic. God, I forget, I forget you can go to rugby league games again. It's now. weird, isn't it? But uh, I I do think Brisbane have to win this game. Uh, and next week, they'll have Haas and Lodvac, which is a big difference. But they should win this game. If they don't, there'll be some... Oh man, I don't know. Kevy, this might be the one he cries in actually if they don't win this game. Maybe. Round three. Uh, next question from Ando. Should the Tigers get Joe Lua back on the burgers? Can't hurt. <laughs> yeah, I mean, God. Oh, there's no answers there. I already threw up the in the last episode the, the uh, roasting he deserved. But yeah, I don't know what they can get him back on to save his career. But maybe he can go back to a portal and at least enjoy it himself. Warwick Hearn. <laughs> What's your stance on the 18th man injury sub in cases such as the Madison HIA? Um, again, I just don't care that much. Because yeah, same. I, I, the 18th player on a team is never good enough that people are going to try and rot it to, for what? To have like a, to have your sixth best prop coming on fresh for 10 minutes at the end of a game? Nah. Okay. An instance in that Ryan Madison. It's like that 18th man would most likely be uh, a back or a, um, or, you know, a utility into like a, a half who can play nine or fullback or something. They weren't having anybody who was going to come on for Madison, you know, and really change that. And I know that in reserve grade competitions, they are doing this system with the extra interchange. I just don't care that much about it. You know, it'd be nice sometimes when, um, so they ha- like Queensland Carpet, for example, have it now too. Like, you know, when Broncos lost Xavier Coates over back there, but they still lost two more players after that. I don't know. It doesn't fuss me that much. I think it's probably going to happen as a matter of time thing just because of the concussion culture, will I say? It's something dumb thing to say, but I think it'll happen for that reason. Uh, Warwick again says, with Luke Brooks and Wade Graham losing their respective milestone matches last weekend, how will the Knights lose with Pierce 300th? And why is it a James Roberts full distance try on full time? I mean, that would be cool. Uh, poor Jimmy. Like James Roberts. Poor Jimmy. He's got Bradman. <laughs> Not the other way he was returned uh, this week. Um, will they find a way to lose it? I don't know. I feel like he deserves to lose his 300th game. It's a bit mean. <laughs> well, I am a bit mean sometimes. So um, is, is that a shock? Like, what are we doing? I mean, here? look, it's. Bradman will be spewing that he's not running at Joey Lailua. Yeah, um, true. 
a running pass. Actually, they, they play on opposite sides of the field, don't they? They do, but, but, st- but still. Figure it out, figure it out. Yeah, you'd work it out. <laughs> uh, next question. Jace Jade has asked Pangai to seven. Maybe we could try the snow halfback. Deer in six. No halfback, I don't know. Sure, why not? Not so mature age student returns with which team would get an instant upgrade if their coach was on the field as a player? Kevy in the Broncos is my pick, but I really want Maguire out there giving it to some of those striped painted house cats pretending uh, to be tigers. Uh, Canberra. Oh, that's not bad. Thank you. Ke- Kevy would be better than Brody, so I'll give him that one. Uh, Todd Payton couldn't have, couldn't have done a worse job than the Cowboys forward so far. He yeah. Get out there. Um, Brownie probably be the best hooker at the Warriors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he might be. Uh, Matt Coleman. Who is your favorite washed up West Tigers player who goes on and has a final year resurgence in a premiership winning South team? Line bracket Lottie or Bench Middle Benji? <laughs> I can't believe Bench Middle Benji is going to win us a comp. It's fantastic. I love it. And it is, there's so much line break Lottie about it. I love it. Yeah, it's like a great signing for you guys in that role, huh? And his second question. Oh, which rugby league podcaster is worse at taking the kicks? Matt Bungard or Chad Townsend? That's funny. Wait. That's mean. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, poor Chad. Not great for my guy. Yeah, I don't agree. Uh, Butsy, this is one for you, Bungard. Who was closer to not being shit? The Broncos or the Tigers? Brisbane. I agree. But the Tigers have played two really good teams so far. So maybe this week. We'll see. This is kind of harsh them, but this is what their third team. They played three of last year's top six or seven in the first in the first three weeks it's a bit harsh mm. on them yeah okay next question comes from christopher do you think players use roids when they're younger and then stop once again the nrl system Jesus. get tested I, look i don't often like i know i don't often say we can't talk about this <laughs> i say let's just talk about it anyway but we, we can't talk about but it get any, but well he says apparently is this what made cherry a target because people from his school came forward to Asada about it. This has also been suggested with Nick Kotrick, which is definitely plausible because his photos him at 15 looking bigger than the prime Morris Broys. Which other players do you see getting caught juice? <laughs> For fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. He wants names. <laughs> if, if I speak, I am in big trouble. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Next question. <laughs> the following celebrities are gay. <laughs> Okay, well, I'll just say I have little doubt that some of them professional athletes juiced at high school. Because that is a little doubt. Uh-huh. But uh, <laughs> I did like Bronson's excuse of being, oh, it was just that one top, one steroid. I used it once. It was funny. And then crying, oh, but now I'm a young guy and you've ruined my career. It's like, no, no, you did that. Yep. Harvey G. Oh, this is brutal. How many extra millions of dollars in cash space would you need to give the Tigers for them to be a chance at winning the comp? So here's the problem, right? They keep giving big contracts to guys who don't deserve it because they can't convince the best players to come there. So I don't know yes. if extra money would help. Maybe like I think anyone would dollars. come there if they could get double what they were making somewhere else. Like if you got $10 million and then you can give $2 million to five of the best players in the competition. That's a fair point, actually. Now we're talking. Yeah. But I'd probably say they've seen even an extra three or $4 million. That's what I think for them to make the... Oh, but chance of winning the comp. Oh, yeah, maybe it's 10. <laughs> okay, that's it for Patreon. God, Chris. M. Sprouse did ask us about Deli M's, but we talked oh, about I, that. Oh, sorry. At, I, well, no, we talked about at length in, the, in Tuesday's podcast, so... So I meant to go back and I just skipped it on... on no, no, but that's because it, it happens sometimes where someone asks a question, they don't know we've already mentioned it. So yeah, that's it. Got a bunch uh, more on Discord though, Mitchell. But before we get there, I'd like to give a quick shout out to the t- people in the top two tiers of our Patreon. If you want to support us, go to patreon.com forward slash rookies. You'll get access to the Discord and you'll have priority for your questions as well. So a special shout out to Dave, Carlo Tyson, Stu, Wayne Ritchie, Adam White, Ando, Ben Wallace, Blake Murdy, Butsy, Cam Beswick, Chris Avnell, Chris Slade, CTO, Dan Cullinane, Doc Hogg, an anonymous backer, Frankie, Harvey G, Jace G, Jack Snape, Jay Carper, James K, Jason, Joel Wrigley, Josh Brandon, Lachlan Hancock, Leon, Maddie Jenkins, Matt Coleman, Matthew Duggan, Maddie McP, Michael Murray, Morgan Watkins, Never Trendy, Old Mama Bear, Razor, Reese Brown, Roxanne Clark, Simo, Stephen Hickey, Ty, the not so mature student, Thor Laycock, Tom Hardy, and Warwick O'Hearn. Thank you so much for your support. We would not be doing this without you.
And uh, Discord, again, as you said, it has been popping off. Had a few DM, DM me saying they're enjoying it more than using Twitter. They're I've, off Twitter. I've had people, I, I think uh, I'm not going to reveal the names, but I'll just read out one message I got, which said, um, I absolutely love the Discord. It's, reinv- it's reinvigorated my like for social media and just general desire for the game and banter, etc. Yeah, but I did have someone say they're, they're enjoying it a lot more than Twitter too. Similar vein of that, you know, it was kind of tired of the, the grind of rugby league Twitter and the smart ass read all that shit. And they're still smart asses on Discord, but a lot yeah, of Yeah, but they get roasted more often. And it's also more fun banter generally. It's true. We've all been there, you know. I'm not there anymore, but I remember four five or six years ago when I used to, I got ground down by Twitter bullshit very often. People have been there. So I go to Discord, get out of Twitter bullshit. So questions were come on from Patreons that over on Discord, because you can submit them anytime there. There are some long ones here. People are testing me English. <laughs> Mario sees us. Are the Cowboys sneakily a team of 16 Dylan Walkers plus Tamalolo? Yes, sure. Yeah, why not? Regularly wrong says, when does Canberra and the game's greatest thing, <laughs> Binker picking handbrake Hodgson over Stalin become a problem? Or is it two tries against Cronulla Fine? Fair question. I mean, I think the issue there is not bringing Stalin to the 17 still. It was, that is the problem for me. Uh, yeah, Hodgson... Starling has to be mad at his agent. Hodgson hasn't come back on fire, but I have no idea why Starling resigned to, and then Canberra resigned him as well to be in the situation. I don't get it. Uh, John two four nine says, "Is the direction the NRL want to take the game with more reliance on speed and endurance being the end of a three hundred game era, and more importantly, will it stop Mitchell Pearce reaching four hundred? No, I'm not sure. I, I, I um, I, I think that it." I, th- I don't think we'll see forwards getting that milestone, but it, we didn't really see that anyway. I think halves and stuff and outside backs who aren't particularly reliant on outright speed, I think we'll still see a few creeping up there. Uh, don't I, don't Pierce, th- I don't think Pierce is getting to 400, though. I don't think the, uh, the, rule, the rule changes will stop what's well, happening, which is no. like, if you might remember like 15 years ago, I mean, we know that there's been a lot recently, but what? There was only what till 2010. 10 there was only 15 people in that club well Souths, the, the grand old club i think before john sutton i think craig coleman was the leading ever appearance getter with like 200 and something like 240 or something yeah there's been 16 added since 2015 pretty much as someone goes in every year when was the last time someone didn't go in everyone someone's gone in every year since 2008 2007 was the last year someone hit it 300 games there you go yeah oh actually I, I was, holy shit it was even less than i thought so before before Nathan Merritt, Nathan Merritt finished with 218. He's yeah. second behind yeah. Sutton with 336. So Bob McCarthy, 211. Craig Coleman, 208. Eric Sims, 206. John Sattler didn't even get to 200. It's yeah, crazy but, how many more games they play now. But mate, Robbie Farah's a 300 gamer for your club. Well, by the end of this season, yeah. Adam Reynolds is going to be second in, in games there played for go. Souths. And that's the goal of the biscuit. No, he's all, well, yeah. that's a, well, I mean, that's if he you know, stays fit. And stays Mate, he's got to play 13 games by the end of the year. I'll bet you, I'll prepare to bet you money that he gets there. I'm not camp. I don't even think I am. You Sorry, know, true. My, my bad. <laughs> uh, Harvey says, South Sydney addressed their need for a strong yardage winger who's effective at taking carries at their own end by paying up to sign an old, possibly cooked Josh Mansell. Yes. Wouldn't it just been easy to and smarter to just keep Heimel Hunt? And am I a wanker for pretending like I knew all along that Heimel Hunt was going to be as good at Newcastle when the truth is I didn't, and I'm actually very surprised? Yeah, look, this was a great question. I saw it earlier today. I did a bit of research, just reading back. So what people might not remember is that Heimel Hunt pretty much never played on the wing for Souths. Yeah. He basically only played centre. And so in 2018, which was his last year before he went to the Knights... He only played like half their games because that was when they put Greg Inglis back in the centers. So, and that was, that was the weird Alex Johnson at fullback experiment, which didn't exactly work out. But um, yeah, I think Heimel Hunt played like 50 games for South and about five of them were on the wing. So I don't think they had any idea that this was going to happen. I don't think they had any idea that he was going to be this good. I'm happy for him, but I I can't blame them for this one. They never even tried him as a winger. So, yeah. I mean, Heimel Hunt has been on that weird career path that, he went to the Storm and South and is having his best football after that. Yeah. Bizarre career path. Uh, but yeah, he's turned out good. Like there's a, you know, South and Storm obviously had some raps on him. And he had a, was his first year at South. He looked like he was going to have a pretty good career there. And then just bought, went off the boil after that. I've, so that was 2012. No, From tw- memory. No, 2018. Sorry, sorry. What, 16, that was, he played it? 12 games in, 20, in 2016. Yeah. Um, and I think he got. Uh, like remember he he suffered like a really bad injury and he missed like he started the year in first grade um 
and he played the first six or seven games and then he got injured and came back at the very end of the year. And then he just, and he, and he was, he played most of 20, uh, he played most, most, most like sort of half the games the year after that and stuff. And then most of 2018 and then, but yeah, he was only really playing center. He came off the bench in the finals for God's sake. Like he was only really in there when English or someone else was hurt. So yeah, but good on him. Happy to see him doing well at Newcastle. Uh, yeah, Mario says, is Dylan, here we go. No. Mate, is Dylan Walker actually the worst contract Manly have ever had? Been there five or so years, injured, suspended for half of it. The other half has been simply terrible, yet oddly rated by successive coaches, both of whom are looking rather terrible at their jobs right now. Um, I don't know how much he's on, but is it worse than the Tom Saboyevic contract? No, uh, he can't be on that much money now. It definitely has been one of their more disappointing signings because they stole him from South. So it was supposed to be he was yeah. stolen. Yeah. But he's been a very disappointing signing. But I don't think they paid him much the last two contracts. Maybe I'm wrong. But they, they've only got 83 gains out of him in that period, which isn't... isn't like, no off. question he's been disappointing, but I don't know if they're yeah. paying him that much. Yeah. So it's not the worst contract they've ever had. But uh, anyway, V8 Tiger says, Dear Boom Rookies, there are many Tigers fans calling for Luke Brooks to be dropped nowadays. I disagree. Am I a crackpot? I mean, if they don't have anyone else, what are they going? What are they going to do? Put Embi and Dewey in the halves together? I mean, that that's the issue with when Brisbane were talking about dropping. Well, think about dropping Milford. So, well, you got to drop Proft as well. Like, how many can you drop? But they do have the option if they really want to send the message, drop him for Mo Zembai. and there is Jock Madden as well. Great name, like. You know, and, and Jock did play round one against the uh, the Raiders in uh, New South Wales Cup. So, yeah, but uh, I don't know. I think I, I don't think you should drop him just yet. But I do think he plays as he's played these first two games for another four or five weeks. I'd be – I think that might be it for me with Luke Brooks if I'm that club. Hmm. Like, when's his contract up? Like, this year? Or is it next year? This year or the next year? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Oh, God, no. Oh, what? What? He's re-signed at the end of 2023. Ooh, that's a long time. <laughs> they, got, they got him in the Dallium halfback of the year. Uh, uh, yeah, that old it. chestnut. 23 Happens year old. to the best of us. It does. Oh, well, I guess you can't really drop him for a while. Well, you can, but that's a bit of a sunk cost there. They'll probably uh, bring him back. Anyway, Ben Quagliata. I don't know if I'm saying it right. Don't care. Can you please rebrand the podcast to Tick, 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 Boom Rookies? What are the Hives doing now? Are they still a thing? Oh, surely not. Is it, are they all alive? Well, yeah, they're not that old. They're, they were big when we were like. No, I'm talking about drugs here. Oh yeah, <laughs> no, nah, they're, they're they're all from like Sweden, right? They'd be like, oh, they're immune. Yeah, they're one of those socialist utopias that has really good healthcare, so they're probably fine. Yeah, I think they're all still alive. That's it. There you go. That's that's good. Good on them. The highs still being all alive. Good band. They were in a couple of Madden soundtracks or FIFA soundtracks Mate, as well. They, when they used, to, when they, those things went hard, man. Exactly. Uh, RCB Shark says, given Chris has started well, where does Croker come back into the Raiders slide? Well, we found that out. Croker took his spot. <laughs> Straight back in. Yeah. But, uh, ben, again, on the scale of Brody Croft being dropped to David Fader signing with the Broncos, how amazing was Bungard's first Aurora ball loss? Oh, it's a uh, tough look, tough beat. Good, good beat. Yeah. Uh, and they lost. The elves just kept on coming from Lost Aurora again Balls. on Sunday. Went from being the greatest. I'm having a thirst in 2018 at the moment. Not idea. <laughs> the score sizzler says, how many tries will Brabham Bess have to score before he reaches levels of his dad, Colin? Good question. Is, is he the best center in the competition? Um, very possibly. If you, like, obviously, I, I, I know I said before, like, ugh, origin chat, but it's like, yeah, the only other guys you pick before him are all like, not playing center like Trell and White and yeah. Tobojevic and, and Gutherson. So, so like there's Joey Manu. Yeah, he's pretty good. And Bradman Zach Best. Zach Lomax. Yeah, that's Bradman. Dane Gagai? No, no. It's, it's probably Bradman. Best yeah, probably of, right up there. Lots of fans would have said Stags, but I'm not one of them. Mm. Uh, yeah. But uh, anyway, next question. Harry Ramage. Here we go. The longer North Queensland absolutely sucked. Does it add further? to the legend of the, their miraculous 2017 grand final run, considering they were on a downhill slope already it's, before falling to finals and winning three games. It's the second most improbable run of the last 10 years or so after Bulldogs 2014, in my opinion. Oh, Bulldogs 2014 was gross. <laughs> I wasn't complaining. No. But, uh, yeah. 
yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you there that it's, um, it's absolutely bizarre to be. They were on the slide that season and they win three elimination games. They made that final. I also feel like no one else really gave a shit if they made the grand final. Everyone knew they were getting smashed in that grand final. And get smashed, they did. They did, yeah. And they, yeah. Anyway, Simo said, should I wait for a store-bought PS5 costing seven fifty in about a year's time? Or just pay some Oxygen Thief Scalper 1000 and get a PS5 now? It's not going to cost seven fifty in a year, surely. But also, just wait. There's not even any good games out yet. What's the rush? No, that's, that's what I was going to say, man. It's like, if you... Time is money. I'm going to say that to you, but there's things are worth paying up for to get them now. If, but there's no reason for that. Oh, Demon Souls! What a remake of a game you played 15 years ago. Great. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Look, it's like when the Nintendo Switch came out with a new Zelda game, the day of launch. That's different. That's mm. you got to play it because you know it's the Nintendo, it's Zelda, all that. There's there's nothing on the PS5 that you can't just play on the PS4 and wait a little while. Yep. So and it's going to would... be years until that's the case. It's going to be literally years until they stop making PS4 games. So, yeah, that's I'm in no it. Rush. No, I'm neither am I. And it is supposed to be launching at 750. It's uh, what is it? Isn't it 600 for the digital edition already? Or surprisingly oh, cheap no. price. But uh, yeah, I actually had the opportunity to buy one. Where was I? Was it in like Coffs Harbour and they were in stock when I wasn't away? But I did the same thing. I was like, well, I could buy this and then have zero games. I can just wait a few years. Someone else actually wants it can have it now. Yeah. But uh, anyway, but yeah, just wait. But in other aspects, sometimes like I'd rather just pay instantly if I thought something's worth the convenience of having it now. Pay the apparent scalpers price, but two fifty ain't but you ain't being scalp, mate. You're not that much. And he said, yeah. uh, and that's it. Okay, that's all the questions there. And we'll go to Twitter. A couple of good questions on Twitter. But hey, there less. was one more. You missed one. What? There what? was uh. There's actually a good question too. Oh, it was in between the... the, the... Yeah, because people... This is why you don't talk in the question time channel. You yeah. just post your questions. Yeah. Uh, but regularly wrong asked, would a coach swap between the Tigers and the Cowboys benefit both teams, A team or no teams? Yeah, I know it's only been two weeks, but geez, Todd Payton's had a rough start. Again, I'm really enjoying what he's saying. It's interesting to watch, is what I said before. Ugh. It's just a know. well-spoken Seabold is what you're saying. No, because I never found Seabold interesting <laughs> to watch. If you get me, I never, I never liked that. Yeah, yeah. but uh, I have it. Seabold, Tony, Todd Payton's interesting to watch from a distance. But yeah, I don't know if I think it might be benefit no teams. Yeah, I think Madge I is think... like kind of going back to the bit of the poor green school, which is not what they need up there. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a good question though. Yeah. Next question over on to Facebook. People are getting the message. There's not as many on Facebook, sorry, Twitter anymore. David Hanna says, What has happened to the automatic sin bin when fouled player is unlikely to return? It happened two years ago a few times, but not in this case on Madison. And uh, as as our friend, we was robbed, Dean Robb said, that was an NRL special. Every year they come up with their interpretations and rules. This one is one of many that didn't last. Which is true. Like, remember, this is supposed to be playable crackdown again this year. That hasn't happened. Hasn't happened. All the time, mate. Uh, Last question, because this is a, this has got like a thousand responses. This we're going to say, we'll just do this one. We'll do... So Nick Campton, Campo37, friend of the show. TV's own. TV's own Nicholas Campton. Me and Bungard were at the Raiders-Sharks game on Sunday. If Canberra had lost, it would have been in the discussion for the grimmest game I ever attended. <laughs> it was pretty shit and miserable weather. So, yeah, that's fair. What is the grimmest game you have ever attended? Regular, Regular season, season only. only. Okay, so 2013 prelim is ruled out for me. 2015 grand finals ruled out for you. Um... Oh, I have one that doesn't involve the Broncos. I'll go to first. Go I on. went to the Sharknado game. You were there. Yes. Jeez. Like, again, this is back in the days I just started. Is it, did I just start getting free tickets? I think I might have just started getting my, I had my free pass from work. I just going to all these games. And I was living in Leichhardt and going down to Cronulla wasn't that far away. And I think I, who I, I think I took my old man. Hmm. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous concept. We'd put, put, put to go to that game. We went down for the Sharknado. If you don't know what that game is, it's like round seven, 2015, 18-10. It's the Sharks beating South. But it's like one of those games, like, it was flooded. The game was almost postponed, which I don't like to do, but it was so very close. Terrible conditions. And, yeah, what a shock. Wasn't fun. Couldn't see shit from the stands. <laughs> like, terrible. Uh, other terrible games I've been to, 
as a Broncos fan, the worst game I've been to was the SCG thumping by the Roosters like two years ago. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I had to think about this long and hard, right? Because You've been to some. when you're shit for a while, it's not that they don't hurt very much. Like, I went to a countless number of games with my pop in the early 2000s where we'd just show up, you know, to be one of those Saturday night 7.30 games where you'd get, what, 6,000 people there and it stunk and it was awful. And, um, you know, you'd lose by 40 and you'd go home, but doesn't didn't really hurt all that much because you weren't expecting anything, if you get me. Mm. So I'm just trying to think. I mean... I've got an interesting answer, I think, for this. Um, so it was 20, I think it was the opening round of 2006. Opening out of 2006, where we played the Roosters and I th- we were up 18 to 6 at half time. This is when South had finished 20, 2005 pretty promisingly. And when they sort of avoided the wooden spoon, had some decent results going into the opening season. Ben Walk was playing in the halves. He played pretty well the previous year. South scored a couple of quick tries. Um, They're up 18-6 at halftime. Ben Walker got smashed off the ball by, I think, Adrian Morley. He ended up getting suspended for it, but didn't even warrant a penalty in the game. And to make matters worse, the Roosters forced an error as a result of this cheap shot on Ben Walker and then scored a try, like the next set. they, uh, Souths end up losing 40 to 22. Um, I can't remember if this was the game where no, it wasn't the game where Nathan Merritt ran with the line open and dropped the ball. That was a couple of years later in the same fixture, but yeah, and just basically all the hopes and dreams Souths had for 20, 2006 saying, Oh, this year's going to be better, blah blah blah, were just sucked out of them instantly. And they won the wooden spoon that year. That was that where they only won three games, the first of which was against the baby Broncos in round 14. So yeah, that's that's one of the worst, just because it was the first time I think in my life where I'd had expectations of winning. Yeah, well, that's like the fifty-nine nil by the Roosters, fifty-eight nil by the Eels. It didn't actually hurt me that much. It was like just pile them on. I didn't didn't rate that team, but the ones uh, the grimmest defeats I remember as a Brisbane fan, and I wasn't at these ones. But total defense in two thousand and seven, we started the season really poor. We lost four of our first five, and then we lost like I think we won two of the next five. But then we, after origin, middle origin period, we got fit, whatever, started looking okay. And we won like five or six on the trot. We beat Newcastle 71 to six. Good win. Lost the Dragons. Then beat the Dogs, put 40 on the Tigers. Beat uh, the Storm in there, I think. Did I say that? No, we didn't beat the Storm in there. I'm blind. But then towards the end of the year, we lose Lockyer. Like the last five or six round, Lockyer gets injured. A few other injuries happen. And we're limping our way to out of the finals. And I didn't want to miss the finals because we hadn't missed it for a long time. But I also didn't want to get thumped in the finals. We ended up winning in round 25 to get back in the finals. We beat Canberra 30-19. But in round 26, people might remember this game. But Parramatta beat us 68-22 to 22 before playing in the finals. And now, you want to know who had shots at goals in that game? Can't we? You know who kicked seven from nine? Fine, whatever. Tinsmith had a shot. Hayne had a shot and he missed before he, meant, before he could kick goals. Tomato had a shot. He missed. Ian Hindmarsh had a shot at goal. Ian Hindmarsh scored two tries. Not Nathan, Ian. That <laughs> goddamn game. He was 34 to 16 at halftime. He scored 34 points in both halves. And it was just like, yeah, it was, they were globe trotting on us. And I still remember that game. And I've seen that they do, like, uh, it gets put on classic matches every now and then. Awful. And then the week after that, we went down to Melbourne and lost 40 nil. <laughs> it's not what you want. It's not. But that Broncos side, injury ravaged side, I may as well read end of the podcast. People can hear me read some of this out. But the back line and in a, in a classic old school Wayne way, didn't name them in the right way during the week. But he had Boyd at fullback, Michaels on one wing, Nick Emmett on the other wing, John Moon in the centers with Justin Hodges. Hodges is okay there. Starting half pairing of Greg Eastwood. And Shane Perry. Yep. Good. <laughs> With Ian Lacey and Hooker. Fantastic. <laughs> the four pack's actually okay. But that was that starting. And then the, in the finals, 
They only changed. They um they brought in what's his name? Alwyn Simpson came in on the wing. To I remember him. The yeah, side yeah. Thigh day started it <laughs> in the arms with Shane Perry, and then Mick Roberts got the call up to play uh number nine. And uh, Lacey off the bench, but that and Clifford Manua also part of the bench. Not a great Broncos team. That was just injury ravage. But that was like wasn't there. But I remember that that game just being shattering because they treated us like the Roosters did last year, fifty nine, like the Eels did fifty eight. Now they treated us like they were the Globetrotters, and that never happened to me in my life before then. Yep. Well, what a what a sad note to end on. That's yeah. uh, yep. I'm trying to think, other worst games I've been at. I don't think there's a lot of great suggestions by people, though. Good from Campo. Good content engagement from uh, the Telegraph TV. Yeah. Uh, there's some good answers on this list. We're not going to go through them all, but a couple of ones that, a couple of non grand final ones that jump off that people have, people have replied with. Um, someone said, uh, round 12, uh, Jack said, round 12, 2000, uh, round 7, 2012, Raiders get dusted 30 to 6 in the Olympic City, and Terry Campese, my hero, does his ACL for the second time right in front of me. Oh God, Pat Lawrence, oh, Pat Lawrence, that. Anzac Day '96. Watching South lose 62 nil against East with my South supporting family, who are staunch believers in you don't leave before full time. It was like watching a puppy get run over repeatedly. Um, I but I think it. the best answer that we got, because this is the most dire game of all time, was Cumberland throw saying Dragons eight, Eels one, 2006. Oh. Eels led one nil in the 75th minute. Yeah, uh, Mark Hindle has a good answer too. 2014 round 21 Raiders v Warriors. They lost 58 to 54 to 18, and New Zealand was so crocked they played most of the second half with 12. Didn't matter. <laughs> Didn't matter. They lost five guys. To um, and just tight, just peak Tigers sadness. Ross Catazzariti said 56 nil against the Roosters in 2014. From memory, the Dragons also belted us 50 plus the week before as well. I'm fairly certain we were kept scoreless two weeks in a row. Jesus Christ. Okay, that's it. All then. right. Thanks a lot, everyone, for listening. We really appreciate you. Uh, jump on iTunes, give us reviews. If you want to support us, go to patreon.com forward slash Nairobi Rookies. We'll see you next week. Enjoy the games on the weekend. Say goodbye, Mitchell. Goodbye, Mitchell. That's goodbye from me. <laughs>